Today on the Women Mind the Water Art of a Series on WomenMindTheWater.com, I'm speaking with Hannah St. Luce Martinez. Hannah is intimately familiar with the Caribbean, having been born on the island of Dominica and following her university studies, she has lived and worked in Belize. She has an impressive resume, including serving as a director of Belize's National Biodiversity Office, the focal point to the Convention on Biological Diversity, and currently is the Belize Conservation Director for the Nature Conservancy. In addition to being well-versed in issues related to conservation and biodiversity, she is passionate about promoting gender inclusivity and dedicated to empowering women and youth. The Women Mind the Water Artivist Series podcast on womenmindthewater.com engages artists in conservation about their work and explores their connection with the ocean. Through their stories, Women Mind the Water hopes to inspire and encourage action to protect the ocean and her creatures. I'm speaking with Hannah St. Luce Martinez. Hannah is most knowledgeable about conservation and biodiversity issues in the Caribbean. Her impressive resume includes serving as the director of Belize's National Biodiversity Office and as the Belize Conservation Director for the Nature Conservancy. It seems she is on a path to change the world. However, she recognizes that she alone cannot change the world, but she can create many rebels. We are fortunate to have Hannah here today to talk about the natural wonders of Belize, biodiversity, economic incentives, and ways to promote diversity in the conservation workplace. Welcome, Hannah. I am looking forward to exploring Belize and your work. While your work is extensive and involves both terrestrial and marine ecosystems, I hope you won't mind if we focus our conversation today on the ocean. Before we get into details, I think it would be helpful if you gave us an idea of what we might find if we travel to Belize. I've heard that the diving there is wonderful. Hannah, let's begin by having you be our guide. Please describe what we'd see if we travel to Belize. Thank you so much, Pam, and thank you for um, inviting me to be a guest on, on the podcast. Um, if you travel to Belize, what you, would you find? You would find the jewel of Central America. Um, so Belize is a beautiful country in the Northeast Central America with a total land area of approximately 22,000 um, kilometers squared. For some, it might be small. For others, it might be relatively big. Um, we have a total coastline of approximately 386 kilometers or 229, 39, sorry, miles. Um, the outstanding natural system consisting of the largest barrier reef in the Northern Hemisphere, which is made up of offshore atolls, several hundred sand keys, mangrove forests, coastal lagoons, estuaries, and natural monuments, such as the Great Blue Hole and the rocky points where the barrier reef touches our Belizean shore. Um, our coastal region, which is rather impressive, a great um, diving hotspot, as you recognized, Pam, um, is also significant for threatened habitat, which includes, for example, marine turtles, um, for threatened species such as the marine turtles, manatees, um, the American fresh um, saltwater crocodile, 
Um, we also have a UNESCO World Heritage Site, which is made up of seven protected areas. Um, and these sites constitute or comprise of 12% of the entire Belize Barrier Reef. Our oceans, though, is also threatened, um, like, like every other ocean out there, by over-harvesting, invasive species, climate change has had a great impact on our oceans. Um, we're also looking at the stony coral tissue disease that has um, affected, that is and continues to affect um, our corals um, in Belize. Um, but we are doing a lot in terms of trying to conserve. Um, Belize has almost 30% of its terrestrial, of its marine waters protected. That's an amazingly rich and diverse picture postcard that you have given us. <laughs> Thank you so much. So um, what motivated you to choose a path in conservation? My zest for life, my appreciation of every type of life form, whether it's plants, animals, but also people, um, because I also see us as a big part of this grand global ecosystem. All right, let's back up a minute and have you explain what biodiversity is and why it is important. Yeah, so biodiversity is is um the combined the combination of all life forms life forms on earth. Um and that includes both plants and animals, um humans, microorganisms both from the macro to the macro to the micro level. Um biodiversity is the the combined the combination of all life forms on earth. And what it does is it, it recognizes the importance of every, the intrinsic value of every life form on earth. And that is what we're trying to, to, to advocate, no? is that there is no species that does not come with a value. In, in the press recently, it's been said that biodiversity is overlooked or overshadowed by climate change. Is one more important than the other? Not one is not more important than the other. They're they're interrelated, closely linked, and should never be divorced. Well, you currently serve as Belize's conservation director for the Nature Conservancy. And while it's clear that you have a great breadth of knowledge and that you have much passion, why has the Nature Conservancy put a special emphasis on Belize? Belize is what we would call one of, a biodiversity hotspot in the Mesoamerica. We have the second largest barrier reef, so that means we're also host. We're also a hotspot for marine um, and coastal species, habitat, and cultures. Um, Belize is also what you could call a, a trendsetter as it relates to conservation achievements way beyond target three of the United Nations Convention on Biological Diversity, way beyond the way before the establishment of the 30 by 30 goal, Belize had already exceeded that threshold. Um, and so uh, as a result of our achievements, our commitments, but the fact that we host and harbor such a high biodiversity, um, it is, it is, it is only expected that we would want to ensure that Belize continues to serve as that leader, um, as that safe haven, you know, for, for biodiversity within the region and, and the globe as well. 
because what we do isn't only benefiting Belize, it's benefiting our countries in the in the region, but it's also benefiting the world. Um, and so that is uh, a big part of why there is so much emphasis on Belize, because we are a safe haven. We're we, we are that oasis in this in the desert that 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 is that is really and truly making and showing that our interventions and programs are working. We have healthy populations of species that are in most other places threatened or extinct. How aware are your children of, of the environmental issues that you're working on and how concerned are they with the future of their own world? Yeah, I'm a mother of three, um, 14, 13, and a 10-year-old. And my kids, my children have always been a part of what I do as as much as I can take the opportunity to take them up out there with me, I do so. Um, we ensure at home that they're listening to, to the local news, but also international news, that they're understanding that this is their livelihood, this is their future, this is this is this is their way of life. Belize is what we call a, na a natural resource dependent nation. Our children eat from produce that comes from our yard, from our neighbor's yard, from our farms. And so we instill in them that appreciation, that recognition of our dependence on, on our living systems and, um, and our biodiversity and our resources. Um, I want to see them at some point become the champion of our environment. And it is not to lose sight of the fact that you do not have to work within the conservation field to contribute, but it's to always have them appreciate that though they may become dentists or doctors or mechanics or hairdressers, that we live within a global ecosystem and that everything that happens in our environment or that we do has an impact on our environment um, and that all our sectors and our systems are interconnected. Uh, what is needed to get uh, access for women and minorities in the field of conservation? Yeah, I think in general, we are a lot more advanced in terms of um, gender considerations um, within the conservation field. This is one of those fields where we have a higher percentage of women involved in decision-making. Um, most of our NGOs are run by females, by women. Um, but, but conservation, I think, is beyond just, for example, species management and protection. I think there is a lot more need in terms of having women incorporated in the other sectors and playing decision-making roles to ensure that we are mainstreaming outside of just the conservation field, those values and appreciation of nature within the finance sector, tourism, health, education. Um, this is where I think we can honestly add benefit in ensuring that our women are placed in those decision-making positions within those sectors so that we are then mainstreaming, you know, because again, as I said, all our systems are connected, but we are advocating within the conservation world realm. Women are leading and pushing 
But when we get to those transformational um, opportunities that involves working with other sectors where we are, we are encounter, we encounter blocks and walls, no, and it is most times because we're where we don't see women as as involved in our parliamentary. We have so few women, you know, and a lot of decision making happens in cabinet. Do we have sufficient women that understand that are mindful? We tend to be nurturers and nature and protectors. It's natural in a woman to want to protect and to 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 nature, you know, to nurture. And I think if we have more women in parliament in parliamentary discussions, in cabinet, in decision-making role, not just in conservation, it would allow us, it would afford us that a greater opportunity to mainstream and to see those, those changes that we need across sectors. So these are indeed big issues. So before we conclude, what suggestions do you have for our audience on how they can learn more about biodiversity and how they can be involved in spreading the message about its importance in maintaining the health of the ocean. Um, so I would invite our, our people to, to look beyond just the quick fix um, information sources and to really take time to read and to appreciate and to, to get involved in those issues that will affect every single one of us. Biodiversity and environmental issues don't only affect those of us within the environmental field, but as I, as I said, it touches every single sector, every single element of our societies and our world. Um, I would want to see the youths get involved again in youth movement, in environmental clubs, cleanup campaigns. Um, I would want to see us targeting the stay-at-home moms who are literally the first point of information to our generations. Um, so I would want to see us investing more in awareness building, capacity building, and finding ways that bring things that brings the information and, and translate the information in a form that is more digestible by, by our grandmoms and granddads and farmers. Um, just have people get involved. I also would implore or want to ask our conservation societies you know, to, to find ways to engage, which is why one of the first questions I asked was, who are we speaking to and in what language? Because how and what we say and when we say it is so important. So finding ways to, to capture, to, to invite and to embrace and to bring in our different, our societal subgroups, I think is very, very important. Hannah, I am just, your passion, your sincerity, your knowledge, um, and willingness to share and, and, and encourage us. I'm so appreciative that you agreed to be a guest on the Women Mind the Water Artivist Series podcast and share that. I expect listeners have gained a better understanding of beliefs and biodiversity and their importance in the work to protect the ocean. I'd like to remind listeners that I've been speaking with Hannah St. Luce Martinez, a dedicated professional in the areas of conservation and biodiversity, particularly as they pertain to Belize, and I'm going to say to the whole world. Hannah also is dedicated to empowering youth and women to work in the conservation sector. 
Hannah St. Luce Martinez is the latest guest on the Women Mind the Water Artivist Series podcast. The series can be viewed on womenmindthewater.com, Museum on Main Street, and YouTube. An audio-only version of this podcast is available on womenmindthewater.com, on iTunes, and Spotify. Women Mind the Water is grateful to Jane Rice for the use of her song, Women of Water. All rights for the Women Mind the Water name and logo belong to Pam Ferris Olson. This is Pam Ferris Olson.